Hey folks, it's Cody Stoffer with Playmakers Corner, here to tell you about Code Red Coaching. Competing in athletics means you've lifted the weights, you've watched film, and you've got the passion. Problem is, that's what everyone else in the state has done. Perfect your game by honing in on your mental performance with Code Red Coaching. Whether you are a team or an individual, Code Red Coaching has the tools to create mentally solid habits and set up you or your team for success. Find Code Red Coaching at coderedcoaching.com or call 720-979-1914 to learn more today. That's coderedcoaching.com or 720-979-1914 today. Now back to the show. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your hosts for this episode, Cody Stoffer. And I'm your other co-host, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And today we continue our top five position-by-position senior rankings here. And today we have a very talented group in edge rusher here. This, I can say without a doubt, this is the most fun I've had to this point watching film, which, uh, you know, gets me excited for the wide receivers that does follow this. But... For those who don't know, we go through 10 different categories. We rate the scores on a 1 through 10 scale. That scale being 1 through 3, needing improvement, should be a priority, could be something that gets you benched. 4 through 6 being average, you know, on a bad day, just below average, but above average at the very best, but can be something to work on. 7 to 8 is above average to good. You know, this is a part of their bag. This is one of the reasons that we are taking a look at them on here. And 8 to 9 is good to great. 9 to 10 being very good to elite. That 8 to 9 range is 3 to 4 star level talent. And that 9 to 10 range is 4 to 5 star level talent here. We add all 10 of these categories up and, you know, kind of use a similar-ish scale, you know. If you're in like the high 70s to low 80s, you're like a two to three star kind of prospect. If you start to get to that mid 80s to high 80s to 90s range, you're a four star kind of prospect, which is important. So keep that in mind. And, you know, above that, we haven't had a five star prospect here at uh, in our evaluations and our time here at PMC. But, you know, so on, so forth, anything below Uh, You know, that high 70s is more of a two-star kind of guy. And then we also determine what level or, yeah, what level that we think these players can play on and what fit they'll have on their program. Kind of project maybe how many years they'll be able to contribute or start even for said program or said level and kind of go from there. So to get more specific with edge rushers here, we have... 10 different categories here, and they go as follows. Uh, Speed slash finesse moves. This, you know, obviously works for, you know, your spins or, you know, your quick swims, your quick rips, stuff like that, as well as, you know, how fast can you, do you have a speed rush? Do you have that burst off the edge? How do you kind of bend in that way? And how does that look? uh, Whether, no matter how you're getting into the backfield, but especially uh, in my eyes, in the pass rush. Tackling, tackling's tackling. We talk about it all the time, especially because we've been pretty defense heavy in this first month here. So just reference that. Run stopping, not only is this, you know, are they able to make plays in the backfield and do they contribute in the run game? But I think that more importantly, that it's worth noting about the 
you know, can they make a read on the run here? And how do they read the linemen? And how does that impact their their play here? So also their IQ, you know, in the run game. Power rushing, you know, once again, this is obviously headlined by everyone's first thought of, you know, can they bull rush their way into the backfield through linemen and whatnot? Can they put linemen in quarterback's laps into the running back's laps? But also in that sense, you know, what is their hand strength kind of like in that kind of motive and things that are entailed with power rushing? Release slash first step here, you know, that very first step off the line can make or break a pass rush here. And so we definitely take that into account. Not only, you know, how fast is that first step slash do they take a false step, but also, you know, what does their leverage look like straight off the ball, straight off the snap count? And, you know, do they do a good job of watching their film, studying tendencies, and, you know, being able to even jump the snap count very, very well. Think of, you know, Avon Miller and how well he's been able to do that and how, you know, that puts them in position to make a play following that. After that, agility slash footwork, this is a little bit different. This is also, you know, how well do these guys move laterally? You know, how well do they move sideline to sideline? Can they chase things down? And, uh, you know, when they're squaring up to tackle as well, that's especially important with footwork. And what does it look like as well when they're utilizing their other bags of moves here? Hit power, strength, those are pretty straightforward, I'd like to think. Uh, can they crunch someone? And, uh, you know, can they move people around? And then pass coverage here. Can they drop back into zone? Can they cover a man? And something else that I take into consideration, otherwise some of these guys would literally be at a zero, is, you know, do they read screen plays? That's a place where an edge player can make a lot of noise. Or can they get their hands up and bat some passes at the line? That's a way to earn some points here. And then size slash frame. Coach V, do you have anything to add on to these categories before I introduce our very first prospect here? Nope, go ahead. Uh, by the way, we are, are recording this on December 6th. 2022 uh that's i'm just saying that because we're going to talk about commitments and all that stuff here in a little bit and who knows maybe someone will flip or uh, some decisions will be made so yeah but other than that cody go ahead and talk about our number five pass rusher edge rusher here in the class of 2023 sweet and the first guy capping off this list here was the leading tackler in the state for this past season and is a very intriguing versatile prospect to open up our list here in Regis Jesuits Hayden Moore here and you know he finished the season with 197 total tackles and 17 of those going for loss while getting to the quarterback an additional seven times here and so let's go outside of those numbers and inside of our numbers here to grade him and I'm just going to go down the line here speed slash finesse moves I have it an 8 tackling I have it a 7.8 run stopping a 7.6 power rushing a 6.8 release slash first step an 8.1 agility slash footwork an 8.3 hit power a 7 strength a 6.7 pass coverage a 7.4 and size slash fame at a 7.3, he is currently listed at 6'3", 215, 220. Um, I think he's closer to the 215, maybe even 210 size, honestly. And so he's interesting here because his role was at linebacker, primarily 4'3", outside backer here. 
but there's plenty of instances of him not only being a stand-up edge kind of guy but also getting his hand in the dirt as well and making plays from there like I said he got to the quarterback a handful of times this year and uh, he's a very high impact versatile athlete here and I think that that is where one of his strengths start here is you know his agility slash footwork is his highest rated category for me at an 8.3 he moves around the field very very well and, you know, at his uh, size frame and speed, that does create some problems for some tackles. You know, he is able to get a bend in his pass rush, which is nice. And uh, also noted in his release slash first step. So he can get around that way. But he's a really good sideline to sideline kind of guy, at least compared to some of these other edge rushers here. And the fact that he's able to move around the field and he has that you know bat that tool in his toolkit here for what he can be asked to do he's somebody who can go across the field and make a play now speaking on release slash first step he is quick off the line he very rarely falls steps i mean he does sometimes that's why it's at an 8.1 and not necessarily higher but you know his first step is what allows him to make so many different plays for this regis team and, you know, it gives him a huge advantage because he's not the strongest guy per se, but, you know, his first step does help him out. And even when he is in a linebacker sort of stance, he very rarely, if ever, takes like a backpedal step too. He's usually flowing straight to the direction of the football, and that allows him to, you know, rack up as many tackles as he did have. So in, you know, both positions that he has been asked to do, he has a nice first step here in the direction of the play and conducive to the impact of the play here now speed slash finesse moves like i said he has a nice little bend where he can get underneath tackles outside shoulder pads beat them around the edge he can get very low and he can even come all the way around too his speed is something to note and even to fear off the edge because he can get you know all the way around a tackle and have them spinning in circles and by the time that they're you know seeing uh the the birds flying around their head or the stars because they're so dizzy he's already made the play on the quarterback or he's already disrupted the play he's you know forced to hurry he's forced to fumble what have you he has done his damage already there additionally something that i want to note that he is good at especially in context of this list is his pass coverage especially you know having that experience at that 4-3 outside backer spot he is capable of dropping into a mid zone as well as buzzing the flats as well and you know that puts him in the higher echelon of pass coverage on this list where he has gotten some pass breakups he's gotten an interception and shown all right hands so his pass coverage is at a 7.4 which is one of the higher ones on this list and then the other things that he kind of has in that seven range, just continuing on here, is the tackling and run stopping. He reads the run pretty well. He fills lanes and, you know, he doesn't wait for the run to come to him. That's something that I know a lot in a run stopping kind of situation. And he's done so from both his 4-3 spot as well as that edge spot or in the dirt as well. Uh, being able to even rip inside and force some runs uh, for a loss. So... Yeah, he's very solid at a lot of different things, but there are some areas of improvement here. His first and biggest one is his strength. He, he's, I don't know, man. It's especially, he's somebody who can get hemmed up. 
by by a bigger tackle or by a guard or by a fullback or running back even. There's one play. I know it was on his junior year film. So take take this for what you will. But Mullins running back number 21 stood up Hayden Moore. And he just stopped like entirely full stop. But luckily the Mullen quarterback couldn't come to a decision. So he was holding on to the ball for way long. But Hayden got completely stood up. And that's something that I noticed throughout his highlight reel as well as his film sometimes is, you know, he can absolutely just get nullified. And uh, I think that that's a strength issue. I, I just don't think that at his frame size and strength that he matches up very well with especially some of the better tackles that we have here in the state. Uh, he'd rather avoid getting hands put on him. And, you know, that is also why his power rushing is not that great either. I'm actually going to even dip this power rushing to like a six point like three even honestly because he I mean he just doesn't really have a bag there's times where he does blow off you know a running back or a fullback or a tight end but I just that doesn't really mean all that much to me so he his power rushing comes from his acceleration and it comes from his explosiveness at just hitting you at a million miles an hour when you're not going a million miles an hour so there's like potential there, I guess you could say, but it is an area that still needs significant work. And that's going to start with strength and just getting stronger. And then his next lowest category here. And the last one that I'll talk about before co pass it off to coach V is hit power. There's just not really any hits on his highlight reel or in real life where I was like, Oh wow. Is that guy going to get back up? And I think that that's a good scale for hit power is like, is there a chance that when you lay this hit that that, player is going to be slow to get up are you laying a clean hit are you you know hitting the right spot and are you driving through this person to knock the wind out of him or what have you and I just don't really see that with Hayden Moore on his film uh look he's he's a very good athlete he can move around the field well and he has a nice you know speed burst rush off the edge but he's just not the strongest guy and he can be blocked um only being able to generate power at a distance coach v am i being too harsh on some of these other categories slash what does your breakdown of hayden moore look like well first things first i don't think you're being too harsh uh, i am gonna throw it out there as well hayden moore played a combination of like inside slash linebacker and on the edge we decided to classify him as an edge rusher over inside linebacker just because in the games that we watched at least he was mostly on the edge right the games that we watched in person that is uh, obviously we have access to a whole bunch of other film and other games but in the games that we watched in person, he was on the edge. And so we're grading him as an edge rusher. I think realistically on the next level, he's most likely a 4-3 outside linebacker. Maybe you can make the switch uh, for him to play inside linebacker in like those 3-4 sets or uh, other sets like that. And so just keep all of that in mind here. And so it was a little difficult to grade him here, but we did what we could. And so, no, I don't think you're being harsh. And in fact, I agree with you with pretty much everything here. Let me just go down the line with my grades. So with speed and finesse, gave him an 8.5. Tackling, 8.6. Run stopping, 8.7. Power rushing is a 6 for me. Release first step, 8.4. Agility footwork is a 9. Hit power is a 7.5. Uh, I believe that strength, yes, is a 7. Pass coverage is an 8. 
and then size frame gave him an 8 there. I don't know if he's quite 220 pounds. He looks pretty light from what I've seen. Um, he's not below 210, but I don't know if he's quite there at 220. I don't know. We'll see. Altogether, my overall grade for him is a 79.7. I still think he's a three-star guy. Uh, I'll talk about his highest grades here. His highest grade was an 8.7. That went to run stopping. And then tackling was an 8.6. And speed finesse is an 8.5. Look, he's a really good tackler. You know, when watching him play, I got to see him against Pine Creek, Cherry Creek, and then I watched him online. I watched the whole game. I watched him in that playoff game against Valor Christian. Um, but as far as tackling and run stopping goes, I mean, at his linebacker position, he does a good stop playing the run and stopping the run. And I say both playing and stopping the run because there's two different I feel like those two are a little bit different here. You know, stopping the run, you're making the play, you're tackling right. He's not going to he's not going to miss many tackles or have many tackles broken on him. He's pretty fundamentally sound there. Uh, and then when it comes to playing the run, he does a good job filling gaps, filling lanes, you know, doing the right thing to help the team, eating a block if he needs to, and all that great stuff. And so those are his strengths for sure here. Even if he was to play edge rusher on the next level, I think he'd be solid enough there. Um... And speaking on the next level, I think he's very much a speed edge, edge rusher if he does play on the edge uh, because he's fast. I mean, he has a good first step. I believe I gave him... I actually made a mistake here. Uh, agility agility, and footwork is a 9, so it's one of his highest ones. But his uh, release first step, I gave him a solid 8.4. You know, his get-off is pretty solid. But as far as just being a great athlete, you know, being speedy, being agile, I mean, he covers... The football field really well a good sideline to sideline player and he will cover um or he will hold down his side of the field as in he won't let anybody on the outside he'll keep contained do all of that great stuff because he's just more athletic there and so very much a speed rusher type of guy now with that being said let's talk about some of his uh areas of improvement some weaker areas here his lowest grade is a six that comes in power rushing here uh doesn't really have any power rushing moves and he doesn't really use it a whole lot in fact whenever he gets engaged or locked on as in like you know uh lineman or whoever gets their hands on him and is able to make a block he definitely struggles and it's very apparent there which is kind of a red flag if you ask me most of the time he's able to get by a guy because he's just faster than than them he's able to run past them or he's able to swipe at their hands real quick and then find a quick lane there and go from there. Uh, but when he does get engaged, he really struggles with just breaking that. And that's definitely a big red flag for me, at least. He's that, he's just going to have to get stronger, honestly, to combat that. And so for now, his power rushing is a 6. His strength, I think I'm a little bit generous here. I gave him a 7 here. He needs to get stronger. That's just it. You know, to start or to even get playing time on the next level. Uh, because like I said, when people get hands on him, he struggles. You know, he's just not strong enough to, uh, strong enough to break off uh, the hands of some of these big tackles. And yes, Colorado does have some great linemen, especially on 5A. But still though, on the D1 level, you know, which is where he's going to play at probably, you're going to have a lot of those guys. 
You know, you're going to have a lot of big dudes with powerful hands, and so he has to find a way to combat that outside of his finesse and speed, which is pretty good as is, you know, and so there you go. Those are his lowest grades. Uh, altogether, I mean, he's a speed guy. I think he's probably not really going to play on the edge on the next level. He just played on the edge on this level, and so that's why we are categorizing him here instead of inside linebackers. And even if he was uh, rated at inside linebacker, he'd probably be in the same spot or maybe a spot above. Who knows, you know, but... For now, I think he does a solid job coming off the edge here. I mean, he is still a fast dude. Uh, he's long as well, which does give some guys some problems. He has a really uh, long reach. And so, yeah, that's Hayden Moore. Any place to run well, there's a reason why he led the state in tackles. Still a very high-level prospect here. Uh, Cody, he will be going to Nebraska. At least he's committed there as of right now. What do you think about Hayden Moore, and what do you think about my evaluation of him? Because um, I, I just don't know if he's really going to be an edge guy on the next level unless he continues to put on some weight here. Yeah, he's in a tough spot uh, as far as, you know, what is he going to play and what does that mean for his future at Nebraska? Now, at Nebraska, obviously, uh, he committed back when Scott Frost was the guy. So, you know, I'm interested to see how that kind of plays out here. But, <clears throat> I mean, he no, I feel like no matter what, he's going to have to get bigger. Um, even if he does become an inside backer guy, he's just very lanky. And, uh, yeah, he's got he's going to have to get his strength up no matter what. Because, I mean, if you're having trouble tackling some of the backs um, here in Colorado from this past year at least on his schedule, then you're really going to struggle if you're, you know, going up against that competition that Braska goes up against. And uh, I, I don't think it's going to be great. So I think that no matter where he goes, because, I mean, look, he had offers to Army, Air Force, Iowa State, Texas A&M before committing to Nebraska. And I think no matter where he goes, he's a redshirt guy. I think that no matter where he goes – there's going to be conversations amongst his, you know, position coaches as well as the defensive coordinator as far as how to use him, which while maybe confusing, you know, from an evaluation standpoint, it does make him easier to, you know, get in to certain situations. I think that you don't have to worry about your playbook for Hayden Moore. I think that he's a smart player who understands how to play a lot of positions and that versatility does make it easier to find room for him on the field. It does make it easier for him to find ways to make plays and to contribute on the field as well. So I agree with your analysis entirely. Uh, we weren't really that far off. The overall PMC grade for Hayden Moore was a 77.05, by the way, just going to put that out there. And yeah, I think that, you know, with his athletic upside and with his speed, you know, that's definitely where that third star comes in and starts knocking on that door. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely some conversations to be had over, you know, between the coaches and staff as far as how to use him. And I think that, you know, being like an outside backer who can help you in coverage, but you're also comfortable sending on a blitz every once in a while, I think that that'd be a really good scheme fit for Hayden Moore here and and how they use that i guess you know it, it comes up to uh, matt rule 
and, you know, what system he wants to run. And, uh, you know, Matt Rule, he's utilized some pretty athletic backers in the past in uh, some interesting ways like he did over at Baylor. So, you know, I think that that is, it's an intriguing idea for sure. Uh, as far as, you know, I, I think that if he sticks at Nebraska, he will find time and ways to make impact on the field, but not in his first year. Yeah, and that's okay. I mean, here's the bottom line. He's talented enough to play on the D1 level, and I definitely agree with that. It also helps to be, you know, a versatile dude. You know, you know when you get a guy like Hayden Moore, you're not just getting like a pass rusher. You're getting someone who could cover, who could play the run, and all that great stuff. And so all that's going for him. Now, with a guy like Matt Rule over there, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and how he's developed because I'm pretty sure Matt Rule was the uh, coach at or was on staff at Boston College back when they had guys like Hassan Reddick and all those dudes who I feel like, you know, were hated more types coming out of high school. And so things could definitely get interesting here. Uh, it's not a bad thing for coaching staffs to have conversations about you as long as they keep you on the roster and you're on scholarship, you know. It's just going to be more about positional fit and where they want to set you at. Uh, and for luckily for Hayden Moore, because he can play multiple different positions and different roles you know at least he knows that he's going to be valued and that uh you know he's not going to be someone that's just going to be so easily cut because of his versatility so that's the important thing here but right now you know we know what he does well he could continue to work on that moving forward so yeah but uh cody is there anything else you want to talk about here about hayden Moore? No, uh, obviously I wish him the best of luck. And yeah, versatility will keep you on the roster and it will keep you with a scholarship. And I think that on the next level, there's definitely opportunity for him. But honestly, I don't really have anything else to add on to our number five guy. But uh, our number four guy, I think it's going to throw some people for a loop. What do you think, Coach V? No, it definitely will be because I think everyone expects these types of lists to be all 5A and 4A guys, but um, this is just simply not the fact. You know, this is not reality. There are a lot of dudes who, you know, made this list and did not make this list from all different classifications, and this guy is from the 1A level out of Ray, Colorado. That is Tell Wade, the 6'3". 250 pound defensive end here um committed to wyoming so there you go there uh, we got to watch him live in the state championship game against the powerhouse that is lyman and i think that was a really good game to watch because in case you don't know about 1A football because i know some people don't you know lyman is kind of the top dog and they got some big dudes out there you know they got some big dudes out like six three six four plus a lot of guys who are in that 250 pound range and above over there. And they had like three or four of those guys, I want to say, at least on this last state championship team. And tell Wade, he had a very good game, even though they didn't win that one. He still did his thing. And so let's go ahead and go down the line. I'm going to talk about my grades here. So first things first, speed and finesse moves. Uh, gave him a solid eight here. Tackling was an 8.5, run stopping 8.3, power rushing is an 8.7, release first step is a 7, agility and footwork though is an 8.7, hit power is an 8.4, strength is an 8.6, pass coverage a 
five. Really didn't see him drop back a lot, but I'll explain that more later here. Um, size frame, 8.6 here. Overall, he's a 79.8 for me. He's actually rated only 0.1 point, yeah, 0.1 point higher than Hayden Moore here. So that's how close this was, at least for me. But let's talk about the things he does really well. His highest grades was an 8.7 for power rushing and an 8.7 for agility footwork here. Two very interesting combinations. So first things first, at power rushing, I mean, look. This is a dude at 6'3", 250. He definitely looks it, uh, honestly. And just watching him play, I mean, he is a manhandler out there. He has extremely strong hands, and they are very precise when it comes to swiping at blockers and getting leverage. He does a very good job there. You know, one of the best in the entire state, in my opinion. And, I mean, he just does such a good job getting leverage and just really just overpowering dudes you know he's a really strong guy for his height and weight honestly so there you go there and then on top of that his agility footwork i mean it's at an 8.7 he moves really well for 6'3 250 this is a guy that could go sideline to sideline very well there's nobody that's going to get past him if he has contained you know just straight up he's going to funnel everybody inside and that's just it you know uh, there's nothing really else to it. He finds a way to get it done, and he's just really athletic in that sense there. He carries this weight really well at 250, and so real confident about that. He does a lot of other things great. Uh, good against the run, good tackling, you know, a good awareness too uh, that helps him pass rush and, you know, shut down uh, running lanes and all that great stuff. So there you go. Now let's talk about some things he could definitely improve on. Uh, first step, I gave him a 7 here. There are times where he has a fantastic first step. You know, um, right out, like shot out of a cannon type of first step. And then there are times where, yeah, it's a little lacking. You know, I don't know if maybe he just didn't hear the snap count right or is not looking at the football or I don't know. But he's like a whole second late or whatever. And we'll see. That's probably fixable, honestly. He could continue to get faster and more explosive there. Uh, and there are definitely flashes, like I said, where he is really good. But I think for me, this is just more of a consistency thing. I like to see him have a consistent, good, quick first step here. And so that's why that's a 7. Pass coverage-wise, gave him a 5. Uh, wasn't dropped back at all. And usually my default grade for that is a 6. But on top of that, I just don't know if I would trust him to drop back and cover someone man-to-man. -man. Well, I wouldn't at all. And then in zone, it could be a little bit iffy here. You know, he doesn't see, uh, well, at least on the 1A level, you don't see too many teams that pass it, like, you know, lethally and efficiently. Uh, Lyman was probably the best one that he saw. Because he didn't play Colorado Springs Christian or Manual or SS Park, I don't think. Uh, so, there you go there. And even then, I mean, even if he did play those teams, they're not dropping him into coverage. So, he's not recognizing, like, he's not recognizing, you know, pass concepts. His job usually is to pass rush, and I think that's okay. The type of player he is, he's a very good power rusher, you know, who has a little bit of bend to him and all that, you know. He has a little finesse there, too. A uh, good little uh, balance here when it comes to his game. But anyways, that is Tell Wade. Cody, what do you think about that and what are your grades?
Well, Tell Wade, I am very, very high on Tell Wade. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, especially because, you know, people are going to be like, oh, he's 1A. He's not facing. And it's like, no, no, no. He beat the best of the best in 1A. Also, something that came up during our conversation, Simon, and we'll talk about this more later. But if Wyoming offered him, and Wyoming, like, rides with Tell Wade very, very hard. Um, he's one of the prospects that I've seen the most graphics or designs made for period. And that's for any, any prospect out of any school. And I think that the reason is because they saw him do his thing at a camp against other D one talent. And that's why they'd pull the trigger on him. So I think that that's where that comes from. And so with tell Wade here, let's go through his numbers here. Speed slash finesse moves 8.1 tackling 8.2 Run stopping 8.6, power rushing 8.5, release slash first step 7.4, agility slash footwork 8.8, hit power 8.3, strength 8.6, pass coverage 3.9, size slash frame 8.6. So <clears throat> you're in a couple 8.6s in there. Not going to go too in depth into the frame. I mean, obviously 6'3, 250, solid frame. He wears it well, he's stout. And, uh, you know, I think that's where, you know, that's where his power can come from. Look, his strength is one of his highest rated things. 8.6. There's times where he literally just tosses linemen to the side like a like a bale of hay. Now, I'm not sure if he's done that out there in Ray. But, uh, you know, if there's a town to, uh, you know, throw some bale of hay to train for, it would be out there. And, you know, tell Wade here is just so good at getting such an easy push on a lot of guys and, you know, he's sometimes even able to use one arm and drive people back and then have that other arm ready to make a move, make a rip, make a swim, what have you. So that strength is overwhelming. And there's a lot of times on his film where he is double teamed and he's able to stand his ground. And I think that that's a huge aspect of strength for me. Agility slash footwork. Look, I think that his footwork is very, very consistent. That's why that earns an 8.8 .8 for me. And, uh, as you know, especially at his size, he's able to wield it very, very well. He's able to run into the flats and, you know, make plays there. And, you know, he's his ability to move laterally across the line to follow a run is just, it looks so easy. It looks so fluid. And, you know, I think that's where that comes in. And his base is just so consistent as well. Uh, whenever he goes to make a tackle, he squares up very well. He drives his feet through tackles. Footwork-wise, he's able to get a lot of moves off. And, you know, I think that when you look at his speed slash finesse moves that I do have rated out at 8.1, a lot of that is accompanied because of his agility and his footwork does make it possible. I mean, look, 6'3", 250, I think that he'd have way more of a hard time trying to make a play here and, you know, be some of these tackles but he just doesn't and I think that that's a huge testament to his agility slash footwork run stopping wise at an 8.6 I mean yeah he just swallows up the run and part of that is from his strength where he can just stand tackles up see where the run's going but he also does a great job at watching their hips and being able to read the linemen and make a play off of that and his IQ is just incredibly high and I don't want to leave his power rushing off of here. It's an 8.5. It's still one of his best categories because he has put 
tailbacks, fullbacks, tackles, guards, centers, you name it. He's put that into the lap of a quarterback. He's pushed that into the run play, and uh, he opens up so many opportunities for his teammates to make a lot of great plays because of his strength and power rushing abilities. Now, in the areas of improvement, obviously pass coverage, I my bare minimum, my default is like a 2 or a 3 if you can't do it. He's at a 3.9 here. I would never drop him back. I would never put him in the flats. However, you know, he can't get his hands up. He has batted some passes. He does recognize screen plays, and I think that that is a testament in and of itself. And I think that that's actually enough to give him a 4 here in this category. Still would not drop him back into coverage whatsoever, but, you know, he can quote-unquote, make plays in the pass game that are outside of a sack here. Moving up this ladder, release slash first step, I think Coach V said it best when he said that it's just really inconsistent. You know, at a 7.4 here, there's times where I had it at an 8.7 watching certain parts of his film, and then there's times where I would drop it to like a 5 because he just doesn't always get the same step. His stance switches up just a little bit as well, and I think that that has something to do with his first step being inconsistent is maybe he's developing different stances, but, uh, you know, and in his film, it does come off a little bit, uh, raw in some areas. So, and then last but not least, I mean, he has an 8.1 in speed slash finesse moves. Obviously that's still a really good grade. That's still a three-star quality skill. However, I will say that, you know, while his spin move is very fundamentally clean, it could be faster. Uh, there's guys ahead of him that have a faster spin move. One in particular where, I mean, if you pay attention to Colorado football, you already know what's coming up at number one at this list. But I digress. Uh, he does fundamentally understand how to work a spin move. He does get it off. I think it is a consistent tool in his tool belt. It's just something that he could do faster. It's something that he could do faster. Um, but, you know, his hand moves both in finesse and speed as well as power rushing is is very very good here and you know in my in my research here we've mentioned it a couple times now and you know he is committed to wyoming couldn't really find any other offers here but wyoming is ride or die with tell wade and honestly i think that first off brand wise i think it's a great fit to have uh tell wade as a wyoming cowboy but, you know, scheme and program-wise, Coach V, what do you think of this fit for Tell Wade and for Wyoming? Honestly, I love this pickup here. Tell Wade, to me, was somebody that felt like, um, you know, an FCS, maybe group of five type of guy. And that's what Wyoming is here. Um, he is going to go to Wyoming. He's going to develop. And by the time he is done developing, I assume he's going to redshirt and maybe even take another year before he gets some serious playing time, maybe even another one. He could be a real problem with them because he has a lot of good things going for him. I mean, I think the thing that really stands out for me at his size is that he is definitely stronger than he is for his size. Like, yeah, I've seen plenty of guys who are 6'3", 250, but are they as strong as, you know, someone who is 250? Some are, some aren't. Tell Wade is definitely above that level, in my opinion. And so this is somebody that you're going to get. You know, he does a lot of good things right. And so if you if you are in a pinch and you need to play him, then you can. Um, but I think the best case scenario here takes a little bit of time to develop, get used to the next level, and then he could be a, a pretty good rotational guy for them, you know, someone who 
to give some other teams different looks here, who could stand his ground, who's going to play the run really well. You know, I'm really high on Tell Wade here. I love the fit here with Wyoming. Wyoming always does a pretty good job getting Colorado talent here. And so um, this is a bit of a sleeper pick. And I wouldn't even say he's a project player. He's somebody who could play after a red shirt or year or two, you know. But I think he's somebody that could could have started for some FCS out there, I'm sure. And instead, he's going to a good program in Wyoming, who's a group of five school. He's go. He's going to develop. He's going to be the best version he can be when he does get playing time. So I'm really high on it. I love the fit. Love that Wyoming, you know, pays attention and uh, came out and got him too because he's definitely somebody that I would have loved to see at, you know, maybe a CSU or even a University of Northern Colorado. But Cody, uh, what do you think about that? Is that fair to say? No, I think that's a great assessment. And honestly, I just think that uh, one thing that Wyoming very specifically does with Colorado talent is they find guys that fit their program, right? I think that that's like a huge selling point for them on Colorado talent here. And look, Wyoming, you know, they have some guys in the state of Wyoming, but uh, the pickings can be slim. And so, you know, they have to try and they have to like, you know, reach under the door and uh, try and swipe out some guys, especially like with CSU, you got to try and swipe guys away from the Rams. And I think that tell Wade here is one of those, you know, guys that uh, fell through the cracks of a potential CSU fit to, to play at Wyoming. And I think that, um, you know, just with where he is, honestly, I really don't think he's as far away from seeing the field as some may think. Uh, now, we obviously have him rated as a high two-star, low three-star kind of guy with our composite score being a 79.45, knocking on that door. But, uh, you know, with all the things that he already has going for him, Tell Wade is a guy that, you know, depending on who Wyoming schedules early in the season, if they schedule a knockout game here, Tell Wade is somebody that I think could see the field and, you know, could make an impact in a short amount of time, relatively short amount of time. Yep, no, absolutely agreed. Like you said, I don't think he's a project player going into Wyoming. I think he's a solid prospect. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how they approach it, you know. And you're right, they do pick up guys who fit their system. They did that when they also picked up that uh, one great linebacker out of Palisade last year, and they're going to switch his position, obviously. But, you know, they, they know what they're doing, you know, and uh, they get the most out of their guys there, and so I feel good about it. But, uh, yeah, so that's Tell Wade. Cody, are you good if I talk about our third guy on this list here? Take it away, Coach V. So we're going to go back to the 5A level, actually for the rest of this list here. But here on the 5A level, we have Thunder Ridge's very own Caden Schaus, uh, the 6'1", 235-pound defensive end, edge rusher. So got to see this guy work out. He first got on our radar when we uh, got to see him work out. Um, at this training facility, it's more of an off-season thing. Shout out OTG. Yep, shout out OTG. Uh, like you said, more so off-season stuff like uh, conditioning and whatnot. But really got to see him go to work there over at OTG, and he was really impressive. He was definitely a very interesting athlete because you could tell, bro, was strong as heck. 
You know, he was extremely powerful, explosive, but also he was very quick and fast. And so he was just a very good blend of speed and power here. And so that's where we first found out about Kanan Shouse here. And then we obviously followed him this season. I went to a couple Thunder Ridge games, uh, Mountain Vista, Valor Christian. Cody, you went to a playoff game against Arapaho. And so he has played and pass rushed against some of the best. But let's go ahead and go down the line here, talk about some of the grades I have here. So for speed and finesse moves, 8.3. Tackling, 8.3. Run stopping, a little bit lower at a 7.7. Power rushing, 8.1. Release first step, 8.5. Agility footwork, 8.6. Hit power, 8.2. Strength, 8.2. Pass coverage is a solid 6. And then size frame, he is at an 8.2. He's a little bit on the shorter end, a little bit on the lighter end, but still a solid 8.2. Altogether, my overall grade for him is at 80.1. For me, he is 0.3 points higher than Tell Wade. And so... Let's start with the highest grades here. So gave him an 8.6 for agility and footwork and an 8.5 for release first step. Uh, talking about explosive, his first step is extremely explosive. His get off is very good when he knows that he could just straight pass rush. He is dangerous. He is real lethal off that edge there. Uh, and he gets a really good bend too. When he's pass rushing, you know, uh, for someone at his uh, size and strength and whatnot, you know, power, he gets a real good bend, real flexible there. And so you love to see that uh, along with his agility here. I mean, he is a true sideline to sideline guy. He has some of the best agility that I've seen here, uh, at least on this list. I mean, this is a guy who could probably play middle linebacker. I mean, you know, you'd have to give him a year to adjust and fix his body type and all that stuff, but he is not that far away from being a pretty solid middle linebacker on the next level either. That's just my opinion of Caden Schaus. Uh, if you really wanted to go there. So there you go. But regardless, he's a fast dude. You know, he's someone who's really, really quick. And he's going to, I mean, he gets the jump on a lot of uh, tackles. We saw that this last season. Uh, and he plays in a pretty tough league, too, with all those Highlands Ranch teams. So just throwing that out there. But let's talk about his lowest grades. Gave him a 6 for pass coverage, 7.7 for run stopping ability. Uh, he wasn't dropped back too much or really at all I don't think so for Thunder Ridge and so I gave him the default grade of six plus I feel like he's athletic enough to eventually you know be a solid uh cover guy if you really need to I mean it's not that hard I think he has the athleticism to do that on the next level and so I'm not super concerned about that six to be honest with you there's just a lack of experience you know doing that on a consistent basis now uh, run stopping was a 7.7. It could be better. I think there are definitely times where he doesn't play the gap as well as he could or funnel guys in as well as he could. On top of that, I also feel like he, you know, he wants to pass rush, right? He wants to pass rush. And so he's a little trigger happy with that. And so he, there are times where he kind of has to pull back on that, not be as aggressive, you know, trying to get after the quarterback when it's a run play. And so that's just discipline and, you know, film watching stuff. I think that is fixable right now. And I think that's more of a consistency thing than anything. So I'm not concerned about his ability to stop the run. I think he can do it. 
you know, it's just doing it on a consistent level and, you know, not getting fooled and whatnot. And so that's important to keep in mind there. But altogether, Caden Shouse, I think, is a very balanced athlete. You don't see that a ton. Um, at least with this edge rusher list, I want to say, because either, you know, they're a power rusher more so or a speed rusher. I think with Caden, he is very much uh, as close to as balanced as you could get. I think he's closer to his speed rusher, but he also has some power to him, you know. He has very powerful hands. When he gets underneath someone's uh, shoulder pads, he is extremely dangerous, and you don't want to do that at all. That's the last thing you want to do, but even then, he's going to get a good push regardless uh, of uh, the leverage and whatnot, and so you love to see that, and I think whoever gets a Caden Shouse here is going to get a bounce athlete that you can really put wherever, not just at edge, but you can put at linebacker or so. Uh, probably not interior your, you know, interior defensive line, I guess, who knows, but, uh, you know, he, he showed that he could fare relatively well against interior linemen, you know, so there you go, and like I said, this is a very competitive league he plays, and that's not even including the out-of-league out schedule that he has played between playoffs and in the regular season, and so, yeah, there you go, but that's Caden Shouse. Cody, what are your grades, and what do you think about my evaluation of him? Yeah, well, I'm going to end up echoing a lot of what you had to say. Uh, I'm going to drill through my grades real quick, and then dive right into the agility slash footwork here but you know going from the top to the bottom here speed slash finesse moves 8.4 tackling 8.3 run stopping 8.2 release slash first step 7.8 or no power rushing 7.8 my bad uh release slash first step 8.6 i thought that didn't sound right uh agility slash footwork 8.6 hit power 7.8 Strength, 8.4. Pass coverage, 4.6. And size slash frame, 8.2. Making for my overall grade here being a 78.9. I actually had Tell Wade rated just a hair higher here. But with our composite score, that landed Caden Shouse at a 79.5. And our number three spot. But agility slash footwork wise... Look, he moves so well side to side. And, you know, an entire sidestep is integral to his bag in both the run and the pass game here. Look, he can just hop an entire gap over because, say, he's already disrupted one gap and they're trying to go into the cutback lane. He literally just has this fantastic footwork hop here to get into the way there and blow that run up. And, uh, you know, he even does it to eat it's like a reverse juke basically on offensive linemen guards tackles tight ends where he'll just whoop and get back to the quarterback and put a hurting on that qb there and yeah so that's a big part of his bag and i think that you know his first step is a part of that too look if your footwork is able to do that hop sometimes that hop is the first thing that he does and he shoots off the line there was one play that I watched again and again and again. I want to say it was against Highlands Ranch High School where, I mean, he seriously does beat the ball, but it's like I, I drug it over and over again because I was like, is that an offsides? But the timing is just so close and so well-timed that, you know, he, you could tell that he's a very smart football player in the pass rush game, in the run game. And, uh, you know, does figure teams out rather quickly and can make you pay for it. Uh, this is something that was even common against an Arapaho line that's pretty solid, honestly, through and through. 
and you know he was able to disrupt the passer a lot of the time he was you know a, an integral part of that pass rush that did eventually end up winning that game for them inside their own red zone forcing that turnover and yeah he, he was able to do that through good footwork and through a good first step which I think ties nicely into his speed slash finesse moves I think that his speed is very overwhelming for a lot of guards that just are caught very off guard by him not only on his first step slash release but he has a nice hand strike to the shoulder pads to offset linemen where he can tie in a nice swim a nice rip and it looks very smooth through and through honestly I even think I could give that an 8.5 so update 8.5 on that and uh, obviously changing the other grades just a hair but yeah he's just a very smooth player getting off of the line into the backfield making you pay both in the run and the pass and yeah I, I think that's just a great way to describe him he's such a smooth athlete and yeah once again huge shout out to OTG athlete that's the name of the facility and then shout out to our guy Rob who is a athlete success coach here for putting us on to Caden Shouse and uh, letting us come check out these workouts and uh, yeah you know that's another great way that we come across these players and you know it was it was great getting to see Caden train and it made a lot of sense come game day the way that he was able to to dominate and you know make plays in in the game but let's transition to maybe some things that he doesn't do super well here and yeah we'll, we'll start with some of the higher ones here look power rushing I think that he could just probably expand not only his bag in the power rush game but I think that he could I don't know I just feel like there's there's something that's not quite there it's not always super dominant it's not always it, it looks slower I mean that makes sense compared to his speed moves but it looks more thought out it looks more meticulous and it doesn't look as instinctual that's the words I'm looking for here to describe his power rushing it just doesn't look as natural and so I think that there is room for improvement there to maybe not have to be something where you have to think about your power rush move or how your power rush is going to evolve over the course of a blocking scheme but rather than that just do it and and get after it there in addition to that, um, I have his hit power as an area of improvement. Look, he can pop people sometimes, don't get me wrong. And, you know, his tackling's at an 8.3. I think that he has a solid tackling there. Uh, that's not at, that's not higher because there are a few plays where he tackles high or gets away with a shoelace tackle. But for the majority of the time, he does a great job of wrapping up and just trapping the ball carrier or the quarterback's arms to their side there. And, uh, you know, that's a huge reason why his tackling is up so high but hit power wise there's not really any hits on his film or in game where I was like oh my god you know like th there are other guys on this list where I'm like oh jeez <laughs> are, are you gonna be able to recover and like that that was a gap with tell Wade and Caden Shouse because I saw a tell Wade hit live where I was like oh my gosh is that quarterback okay and uh I think that that is something that just needs uh, a little bit more um for emphasis in his game lastly pass coverage wise he's at a four six that's actually like one of the higher ones when you're looking at you know some of these edge rushers here because yeah he can move very well into the flats he can play the sidelines 
And, you know, he's very athletic. So that obviously makes that a lot tougher as an offense to get past Caden Schaus. And I trust him to make plays in the screen game. He even did so in that Arapaho game. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what lands his pass coverage here at a 4-6. I just wouldn't, I don't know. I, don't, I just didn't see enough zone coverage, if that makes sense. And uh, they just didn't utilize him that way. And so I just don't feel super comfortable giving him a higher score with something that I haven't seen. Uh, the guys here who did score above a 5 because there's only two of them, they legitimately played zone coverage. And I was able to witness that. And I think that that was key. But, yeah, you know, I, a mild adjustment here. Making my overall score a flat 79. Simon's an 80.1. And then PMC's a 79.55. Coach V, there's a lot to like about Caden Schaus. But, uh, you know, maybe he's not getting the interest that I think he deserves here. Before we talk about his recruitment, um, what do you think of my analysis of his game? And what is what is going on here? Why do you think he's getting overlooked, potentially? Well, first things first, I definitely agree with most of your analysis there. Do want to add on maybe one of the reasons why he's a little bit more hesitant or not, I don't know, not as uh, free-flowing with some of his pass rushing moves is maybe it's because he is overthinking it. And on top of that, uh, I mean, he's just thinking of what move he should go to. Right. But I think something that will help out with that is just watching more film and every, you know, tackle is going to be different. But some tackles have different tells and whatnot, which should tell you, hey, it's either a pass or it's a run or, hey, I am either going to set it this way, like, you know, blocking wise or a different way. And so you as a edge rusher, you just got to know those things like, hey, when I'm seeing this, that means he's trying to set up this way for this type of play. And whatnot and this is what I have to counter that with and you know it's just research and whatnot and just getting into that muscle memory and uh, really just practicing that and uh, reacting to that and that might be reaction processing time honestly and so whatever I'm not super concerned about it that is something that you could get done with some film work and that's like a I don't know, maybe a season or two thing to do, off-season thing or two to do, which is not the big, it's not the worst thing to be worried about with Caden Schaus here. Now, he, in my opinion, is definitely an, I, I would say he's an FCS guy, you know, group of five potentially. Um, maybe I'm sure there's some power five that would love to use him and, you know, develop him eventually, but I think he's more of an FCS type of dude here. But I think maybe one of the reasons he's not getting some of the looks he deserves is because he's a little undersized here. Um, he had to do a lot to get to 235, it felt like. Because just looking at past weights from last season and the season before, I mean, you know, he, he put on a good chunk amount of weight. You know, and he's still playing well at that weight. And so that's probably something like, all right, well, you know, this year, you know, he's playing at 235. But last year... He was a lot lighter at 220 or whatever and uh, probably a little bit weaker as well. And so I could understand some of that there. But regardless, I think this is a dude that could at, he could at least play on the FCS level. I'm pretty sure of that, you know. Um, most likely, he's probably going to be a high D2 guy, unfortunately, because it is a little bit late in the recruitment game. But uh, in my opinion, he's somebody that could also go to a Juco if he wanted to 
do his time there and then potentially get a higher offer because uh, I just think this is a guy that, you know, he's real athletic and he's somebody that has a real good balance to him and you could really mold into a couple different types of players here. He's at a crossroads going into this next offseason, um, offseason or two, I would say. And you as the coach got to decide that for him and, you know, get him into that right spot there. But for now, you know, it, you know, it comes off as a little ambiguous, like, OK, you know, he's he's solid and good at pretty much a lot of things here. You know, where does he fit with my team and whatnot? You know, can he hold this weight too at 235? That might be a concern as well. And so I could see some of those, you know, concerns. Um, obviously, I wouldn't be concerned about it. But, you know, I'm biased. So there you go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, regardless, though, we'll see what happens. He's a next level dude. Cody, is that fair to say here? Uh, I don't feel like I'm overreaching. I feel like he's definitely athletic enough to play for some group of five FCS teams. Yeah, I honestly think that from a recruiting perspective, his size is... It, I think it is what's holding him back, but I think it's blown out of proportion from from his recruitment standpoint. I I'm not worried about his size at six one two thirty five. Honestly, I think that he could still do a lot of the things that he does at two forty, and I I trust in him to to do that. You know, he's he's very athletic. That's been a lot of his focus, obviously. But I mean, that I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more to be excited about than there is to be worried about. Uh, if I'm just being like completely honest about it and you know I think that like you said he's unfortunately just probably going to be overlooked here but I mean from a production standpoint he was one of the best defenders on you know one of the best teams in 5a and I think that that's something I think that means something I think that means something and you know He's been a second-team All-State guy. He's got a solid GPA. He's been a captain. They look up to him in the weight room here. And, yeah, no, I think that there's there's a lot to to like about Caden here. And looking at his offers here, they're not where they should be, in my opinion, here. He has offers uh, in, in order. He got offered by Fort Lewis first out of Durango. Then Western Colorado, which Western does a really good job of uh, sneaking talent into their base here. Then Missouri Western and Black Hills State. All of those are D2. And I think that all of those don't fit the bill on what Caden Schaus is capable of. He's, look, he's a lean. I, th I think he's a lean 235 here. So I think that there's weight that can be gained. I think that he moves very well at 235. And I think that, you know, at, gosh, I feel like even at the bare minimum, he's a package, like, rotational pass rusher on the D1 level. And look, that may not sound like a lot, but you think about, hey, you know, it's third and 16, and Caden Schaus can go in there and get a strip sack. And then, boom, that could either put you back in the game, that can extend your lead, or what have you. He's an impact player. He's a playmaker on Playmaker's Corner. This is a point that I go to over and over again. And, you know, he's done it against some really good talent. He's done it against some solid quarterbacks. And I think that he's proven his worth. And, uh, you know, it's just frustrating to see it overlooked a little bit. Especially because we as a state have a nice magnifying glass on this edge rusher class here. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but you know, not bad offers either. I, I personally like the Missouri Western offer. I mean, they have some of the best facilities in all of D2. I think that's important saying that. Also, I'm just going to say this right now. Uh, Missouri Western Stadium is basically a carbon copy of the University of Northern Colorado Stadium. Um, it's just a black and yellow. So take that as you will. But, you know, it could be worse. You know, it could be worse. They're, they're a high-level program. And I think if one of these D2s do get a Caden Shouse, you know, they're getting an absolute steal. They're getting somebody who could potentially play day one. You know, now is he going to start day one? Probably not, you know, but he could be a rotational guy. He could be a special teams guy. He could do a lot for you, you know, uh, give you some different looks on defense because of how versatile he is. Uh, and so I'm not mad at those offers either. At least he is getting some of those offers. But in my opinion, he probably is an FCS guy. You know, I I'm, I mean, that's just uh, how I see it. So, yeah, there you go. But. Uh, I don't think we have too much more to say here, right, Cody? No. Fair enough. And all of that brings us to the number two ranked edge rusher, according to PMC rankings here. And that is none other than the Iowa commit Chase Brackney out of Cherry Creek High School, who is an absolute mountain of a man and I think is a great fit for this Iowa team. And I think, you know, we could go ahead and start there. Look, he's listed at six foot four, 280 pounds. And after having met him in person and talked to him as well as, you know, take a look at his game, he is a pretty lean 280 pounds. And uh, yeah, there's not like, it's not like he's out of shape or anything. That is a very utilized 280 pounds and at six foot four that obviously just makes him a mismatch against a lot of foes here but i'm gonna go ahead and jump into my rankings here and uh, talk about the uh, categories so in speed slash finesse moves here he scored a 7.9 in tackling an 8.9 run stopping a nine power rushing a nine release slash first step i have a 7.7 .7. Agility slash footwork, I have an 8.3. Hit power, 8.7. Strength, 9.2. Pass coverage, 4.3. And size slash frame, 9.4. Giving me an overall grade of 82.4 on Chase Brackney. And so talking about the things that he does well. Look, he scored an over nine in four categories. Obviously, size slash frame, that's like the one that you can't really help. But I think it does help that he does wear 280 really, really well. And, you know, at his size, I mean, that's fantastic. That's next level size, obviously. So, you know, there's a little bit of work that he gets there. And then, you know, that tackling skill at an 8.9 is knocking on that door here. So, let's go ahead and talk about... You know, the things that kind of all tie together here, and it starts with his strength. Chase Brackney, I called him a mountain of a man, but boy, can he move linemen like an avalanche at times. He can fight through double teams. He can drive linemen into running backs, and you will never see him, you know, falling backwards when, ta when tackling a tailback. He is an absolute beast in the trenches here 
who has such applicable strength and such, I mean, it seems almost limitless because of just how strong he is and it comes so easy to him. But what is strength without technique here is, you know, a question that gets asked. And I think that Brackney here actually has the technique to back it up. He's one of the best hand fighters in this class. His strength and power moves have gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with the best in the state both this year and last year. So, you know, when you're able to power rush the way that he does, when you're able to hand fight the way that he does, that's going to land you at a 9 in power rushing just because linemen have tried a variety of ways to block him. And he's just so consistent with A, shooting his hands out really fast and getting that incredible extension at six foot four and keeping that distance against the linemen. And, you know, from that position, he can drive them back at times, but he could also utilize lethal rips or, you know, lethal shocks to the left or the right and, you know, find success getting to the tailback. And, you know, he even has a powerful you know, swim to him. I know that that kind of dips into finesse, but the push that he gets on that rib cage of that lineman or on that arm to cause that completely sets them sailing off to the side here and just makes them very, very, you know, unbalanced and, and they lose that matchup. Now in the run game here, he also does a fantastic job. I mean, obviously utilizing power moves and strength and being able to tackle all helps, but he really does read linemen. He reads formations very, very well. I think of a few plays in particular where he's following the lineman's hips, doesn't get fooled on counters or reverses, and still makes the play. He's also able to stand up linemen very, very easily with that long reach, get his eyes in the backfield, figure out where it's going, and then track it down from there. Even when runs go way outside of him or on the other side of the field, he knows where the play is going most of the time before the play is even happening. So I think that all of those are things of note that he does really well tackling-wise. He's a very consistent tackler. He's also someone who drops the hammer and can really just, you know, he can knock people out. He can knock people out, and I think that that's something worth noting and he has a nice little burst of acceleration into a hit at his size that really just makes him incredibly dangerous here now as we start to get into some of his quote lower categories here you know his agility slash footwork i still have an 8.3 i think that he utilizes his feet very very well i think that he moves extremely extremely well especially at six foot four 280 pounds a lot of other guys will only exclusively be able to lumber around the field and that is not how chase brackney plays he can move around the field he can turn his hips and he can get to places that maybe he doesn't need to make the play every time but you know offers great support from you know scraping and and things like that as far as areas of improvement go i mean look he has a 7.9 in speed slash finesse move it's not necessarily you know his game or his bag the things that he does show he does solid and i think that scoring a 7.9 in that category is still very very respectable especially for the prototype of a player of chase brackney's build I think that, you know, he does a great job of, you know, like I said, utilizing his footwork a little bit to get into that backfield and to make plays. But 
there's not quite as extensive of a bag. The moves don't happen super duper fast. Like he's not really going to hit you with like a crazy spin move and, you know, burn you that way. So I think that those are things to consider here um, when looking at Chase Brackney, the prospect. And then last but not least, you know, uh, pass coverage. I have it at a 4.3. Look, he has a really big, actually, I'm going to put it at a 4.2 here. He has a really big reach and wingspan, so he can break up some passes in the air, as well as he even makes some plays in the swing pass game and stuff like that. But I would not drop him back into coverage if my life depended on it. It would not be, it would not go the best, I'd say. And I think that's just kind of where he's at as a player. He's more or less, uh, I'd say, a 3-4 D-end edge kind of guy. Um, just because, you know, you don't see him standing all that much when he does. It's not the smoothest or the fastest. But as far as just being an absolute force, being an absolute ox, you know, at the end position, and being able to get a push across multiple linemen, being able to read plays and impact the game in that way, is very, very important and a huge reason why, you know, he collected the offers that he did and eventually committed where he did. But Coach V, I, I don't want to take everything here. Granted, I talked about a lot, but, you know, my overall grade here at an 82.3 for Chase Brackney. What is your overall grade and how did you get there? Yeah, so definitely on the same page with a lot of things. I'll start with my overall grade. Gave him an 82.1, and then let's talk about the grades that I specifically gave him. In speed and finesse move, game gave him a 7.6. Tackling, 8.8. Run stopping, 8.9. Power rushing, 9. Release first step, 8. Uh, agility footwork was an 8.2. Hit power, a solid 8.8. Strength was a 9. Pass coverage was a 5 here. Uh, I believe it's the lowest on this list next to Tell Wade, to be honest with you. And then size and frame, 8.8 here uh, for that overall grade of an 82.1. I am just going to put this out there before I talk about my evaluation here. I definitely agree with you that he's probably more of a 3-4 defensive end on the next level. On the high school level, though, he definitely played on the edge a lot. Uh, opposite of uh, his counterpart here, Blake Purchase, uh, just throwing that out there. And so he was definitely playing on the edge, and so we're classifying him as an edge rusher. On the next level, he's probably a defensive tackle interior guy think like cam hayward of the steelers or even jj watt you know i think that's a solid comparison there you know but he's probably an inside guy i think the agility just isn't quite there and if you know he wants to get there which i think he could uh he'd probably have to lean up by 10 to 15 pounds and so that's why his size and frame isn't a nine uh and all that stuff that's why his agility is only an 8.2 but uh let's talk about some of the, the things that he does really well in his highest grades here so his highest grade is a nine in strength and power rushing and then on top of that i gave him an 8.9 in run stopping i think that really represents what kind of edge rusher edge player he is i mean he's somebody that's gonna take control of the line of scrimmage and he's not gonna let up any ground he's gonna get a real powerful push you know and he's gonna throw dudes around and really control that line of scrimmage on his side over there we got to watch him over these last two years 
primarily here. Uh, and I would say last year, there were plenty of instances he went against top-tier guys. I'm looking at Grandview, who have two tackles uh, in Zach Henning and Walters as well, who are both next-level guys. Henning going to Washington, so he's a D1 Power 5 guy right there. Walters, I'm sure, will go somewhere. I know Arapaho has a kid, and Matthew Green, who's a next-level guy as well. And then, obviously, he went up against uh, that Valor uh, offensive line, which featured Jake Michaela, who is our number one offensive tackle last year he's off at Stanford and uh, the biggest thing with Jake Michaela was that he has extremely powerful hands you know he's someone that could really control dudes and neutralize them and against Chase Brackney Chase got him a couple times I mean it kind of looked like they went back and forth to be completely honest with you uh, but for the most part you know Chase really uh, took advantage of that matchup and he did a good job against Jake for the most part I would say in that state championship game last year on top of that you look at some of the other guys on the line I believe Valor had a center who was our second rated uh interior lineman last year as well and in those matchups he looked solid against him uh, also Tanner Morley who is on that line um He's graduating this year. He's going to CSU now. He was over there as well. All those guys are powerful dudes. Like dudes who have a lot of power to them. And you know when it came down to it. Chase Brackney was simply winning. That's what matters in uh, this game here. Winning your matchup. And he did that a lot. And he dominated a lot. And so just looking at all those instances. Against next level guys. Against D1 guys. Power 5 dudes. Who are power based in my opinion. Uh, was a very green flag because he showed that he was stronger than some of them, that he could get the edge on a lot of them with his precise moves uh, because I do want to shout out his hand fighting. He may not have the fastest hands, but it's pretty precise, and when he gets his hands on you and he um, puts you in a little blender there, it it sucks because like, he just controls you because that's how powerful he is. You know, he's a big dude. He's stronger than uh, his own frame, I would say, as well. And so he just does such a good job controlling that line of scrimmage, um, being really disciplined as well. Like I said, uh, in some of these past evaluations, there are some guys that, you know, are a little trigger happy that you could tell they really just want to pass rush. And that puts them in weird positions when stopping the run with Chase here. He recognizes plays really well. Uh, that goes a long way in that run stopping category. And so... He knows when to pass rush and when to stop the run. You know, just plain and simple there. Uh, he has shown that over these last two years for sure. And, I mean, there's just a lot of film to look at. Just a lot of examples of him just doing a good job of recognizing against very good talents and offenses as well. So, love to see that. That's his brand of football. He's a powerful dude. Now... Some of his lower grades here gave him a 5 in pass coverage. Am I going to drop him back? No, I'm not. Uh, is he going to get some, you know, is he going to bat some balls and stuff and be a little disruptive when he can? Yeah, sure. I mean, he. I think you can. You know, he has done it before, uh, like you said, Cody. And, I mean, that play recognition, he knows what he's doing and knows how to position himself to at least disrupt the play if he's not getting pressure or sacking the quarterback. So you love to see that. But you're not going to drop him into coverage, really, and expect him to cover a tight end or 
God, or a slot receiver or a running back. That's just not what he does. Like I said, on the next level, he's probably going to play on the interior line anyway, so they're not really going to ask him to do that unless it's some sort of zone blitz, and usually that zone is pretty manageable to, uh, you know, to cover. So, boom, that's that. Uh, now, his other lowest grade is speed and finesse moves. I am grading him as an edge rusher, but if he was graded as a defensive tackle, interior tackle, um, this grade would be a lot higher. Just going to throw that out there. But as an edge rusher, I kind of think he could lean up a little bit. If he is going to play edge, be like an outside linebacker or a 4-3 defensive end, I kind of feel like he needs to lean up a little bit, you know. You're going to lose some of that weight that you could throw around but you're going to get faster, you're going to get more agile, uh, and he's still agile enough at his weight and frame and whatnot, but I think for a next level player that is going to play at a power five school, you got to lean up just a little bit here, you can't just rely on your strength, um, be, be closer to balance than anything, you know, not exactly balanced, um, you don't have to exactly be balanced, so there you go, that's what I think about Chase Brackney here. I think he's an excellent football player. I mean, he's part of the dynasty that is Cherry Creek football, you know, and uh, he's a big part of that, uh, just being able to hold it down. And Cherry Creek, they have an excellent history of having two great pass rushers here. But, Cody, what do you think about that evaluation? Uh, is that fair to say about him that he's more of a J.J. Watt, Cam Hayward type on the next level? Yeah, I think it's absolutely fair. And I also think that it's fair that, you know, we kind of do encourage him to to speed up in some ways regardless, you know, because having more speed never hurt anybody. And I think that that would come with maybe a, a little bit of a drop in pounds. But, you know, I think that what he's able to accomplish right now, the size that he's at, and, you know, I think that the fit that he has on the next level at an Iowa program that prides itself, you know, on being, you know, a a tough, grinded out, heavy defense culture kind of program. I think that that's a great fit for Chase Brackney, who, you know, he had a couple of options. He had offers to New Mexico State, Nebraska, CSU, NCU, and ended up landing at Iowa, where I think that his abilities will be utilized very well. I think that they could even be a little bit versatile with him, you know, if they run multiple front where they have, you know, some three down lineman fronts, some four down lineman fronts. That's those are situations where you might find him as, you know, interior defensive tackle two, or, you know, maybe on that edge, you know, in that five gap there protecting that and, uh, you know, allowing these linebackers more free reign because I think he's going to draw double teams even on the next level here, or maybe even more so on the next level, uh, where, you know, he'll have more of an opportunity to be that guy on the program. And, I mean, look, when people were facing Creek for these past couple of years, it was pick your poison. Do you let big old Chase Brackney absolutely murder your running back, or do you leave your quarterback out to dry uh, against the likes of other great defenders on this defense? So, you know, when you have one part of a losing formula for opposing teams on that defensive line at that edge position at that defensive end position it doesn't um it, it's not a great look for opposing teams and I think that that legacy part is important as well yeah no absolutely 
Uh, and, you know, by the way, going to Iowa, I know they're mostly known for, you know, what they do with offensive linemen and tight ends, too. It's kind of tight end you, uh, if you ask me. That's just what I think. But, you know, they will get the most out of Chase Brackney over there, trust me. <laughs> they will, because I think he just really fits into that program. And, uh, I mean, he is just one of those strong, like, Midwest type of dudes out there that they love to recruit. Uh, that's going to play in a very competitive conference in that Big Ten against, you know, the likes of, uh, wait, right, it's the Big Ten. I know we literally talked about this uh, two days ago, right, Cody? Yes. Okay, well, I'm just asking, but he's going to play against the likes of uh, Ohio State, Michigan, you know, Penn State, Jesus, you know, and so you need those type of dudes that are going to hold it down. Can't just be all finesse because I'll guarantee you when it's cold and it's snowing and, you know, those it everything's feeling like it's freezing up and whatnot, you're going to need some power. You know, you're going to need somebody to control that line. And I think he's going to be uh, one of those guys that's just going to fit in, be a very good rotational guy, and probably eventually a starter too, you know. But when I think of a Chase Brackney over at Iowa, I think of somebody that could potentially contribute right away. I mean, most likely he's going to redshirt, you know. He's going to redshirt. They're going to figure out what they want to do with him, whether it's, hey, are we going to have you on the interior, a mix, or whatever. What, where do we what do we got to do with your body to get you there? And then after that, you know, just learning the playbook and stuff, I think he could definitely see some play time um, relatively soon. I mean, I think he's at least a two-year guy. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. I, I think he's absolutely a two-year guy. I think that, you know, especially on – the in the line where you get so many rotations in there, you want to keep your defensive lineman fresh, and you're going against talented squads. Whether you're facing teams, you know, in the Big Ten East or whether you're in the Big Ten West, you're gonna have talented athletes that you're going up against. I mean, look, you gotta face Wisconsin, and they always have. It seems like they always have a running back and whatnot, and you know. Those defensive linemen, they're going to get work, and the more versatile you are, the easier it is to get you in. Look, he already has that next-level size, which I think is a great advantage heading into your first year of school here. And, you know, should some injuries pop up or anything like that, you know, you never know in the trenches, especially. I feel like that that's a position where a guy of Chase Brackney's caliber could see even early action. Uh, I'd hope not for eligibility's sake, because I really think that you know, high, high end potential here for Chase Brackney does involve a professional or semi-professional level of football. I really do think that. Yeah, no, I, I could see it for sure. I mean, he's talented enough. He has the size, you know, which I mean, you know, you can't teach that. You can't teach 6'4", 280, you know, and he puts on weight really well uh, and he's only getting stronger too. And so, I could definitely see that in the future for him. Um, but, you know, for now, we'll focus on what's ahead, and that's Iowa, and uh, I think he'll get his snaps and make the most out of it over there. So we'll definitely see, but definitely one of the best edge rushers this state has seen. You know, even for a guy who, like, you know, is not 
really going to play edge rusher on the next level. It's really impressive that at his height, weight, frame, everything, that he was able to be as successful as he uh, was on this level. Because it's not like he's going against guys that can't block at all and he's just dominating like 5'10 offensive tackles, you know. Like, he's playing 5'8 football where it feels like every 5'8 team, especially in the Centennial League, has a premier left tackle. Know what I mean, Cody? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, yeah, I, I know about that Centennial League. And, uh, you know, I think that it's worth noting, too, uh, looking at our grades or at least comparing it to last year, that Chase Brackney would have been the number one prospect in last year's class because I have those grades pulled up. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that he's just a really, really interesting prospect coming out of Cherry Creek here. Yes, absolutely. Shout out to his little brother, Kane Brackney, by the way. Uh, we got to watch him uh, ball out on the middle school level last year. Well, it had to have been last year, so there you go. But uh, if there's nothing else more to say here, Cody, do you mind if I talk about some honorable mentions here before we talk about our number one guy? Please do. Okay, so we have a lot of honorable mentions. We have a ton. Uh, Morgan Trebet out of Eden. He played edge edge rusher on this level, but he's going to go to CSU as a long snapper. I just wanted to throw that out there. You also have Dom Butts out of Severance, that big 6'5", 6'6", 240-pound defensive end. He is going to Northern Colorado, uh, or at least he's committed there as of right now. We'll see what happens with him, but he was really good. I just felt like he's a little bit more of a project player than anything. Um, still really talented. There's also Garrett Keeler out of Broomfield. Uh, you have Theo Freyricks out of Fossil Ridge. We also have Javion Smith-Combs from this Cherry Creek team. I believe he is committed to CSU as well. Uh, he's a really good uh, edge rusher. He was in that rotation for Cherry Creek. We kind of just both felt like he's a little bit more raw than uh, these other guys here. Um, he's somebody that could use some development, but at that frame, 6'6", 240, he's definitely talented enough. There's Will Adams out of Columbine. There's Rocky Shields, who I believe played edge rusher last year, but is going to be recruited as a defensive tackle more so. And so be on the lookout for that interior D-tackle list. And then there's Russ Woodward, who I want to mention here uh, for Evergreen. He has been recruited by D1s uh, to play edge rusher, offensive line and whatnot he is somebody that we felt like could have been probably number three on this list here uh, according to our grades and whatnot that would push some other guys down and just the way we do these we try to not double dip you know and so we just try to project like where we feel like they're gonna play what position they're gonna play on the next level here uh, if there are two positions that we have to choose between and so uh, for Russ here we are going to evaluate him as an offensive lineman um, specifically as an offensive tackle so he will for sure be on that list somewhere so be on the lookout for that as well and also the reason we do that by the way because I just realized I didn't say why is because we want to spotlight as many dudes as possible because then you know What's the point of evaluating one guy at receiver and at safety as well? 
you know, when they're only going to play one position on the next level. Well, unless you're like Travis Hunter, but even then, he only really played one position on the next level. So, boom, there you go there. Cody, are there any other honorable mentions you have uh, slash notes you have about some of these guys here that we considered? Yeah, I mean, look, all, all these guys are talented in their own way. I uh, got to meet Garrett Keeler following Broomfield's championship win. Uh, very good dude. Had a solid performance in that championship game as well. So, you know, he's got some things going for him. Uh, Russ, yeah, I can't... I can't I mean, look, it was really tough deciding which way to put him, but I really think that Russ is Russ Woodward, that is, out of Evergreen, is one of the best athletes that we have seen two-way in this state, at least in our time evaluating, and it, it was really hard. Look, defensively, his agility and footwork uh, took major strides from his junior year, and strength-wise, uh, he maintains ground despite constantly being double-teamed, and, you know, I... I know that defensive line is a lot more fun than offensive line, from what I've gathered at least. But uh, you know, Russ, the world is yours. But um, we will be coming. We will be doubling back for you. But yeah, um, I guess it's worth mentioning that had we considered Woodward here, he would have had a total PMC grade of eighty point two five. And um, yeah, he was an absolute blast to watch on film. Uh, Javion Smith-Combs, shout out to him. Shout out for uh, listening to the show, Javion. I know that uh, he's one of our continuous listeners and is a PMC fam guy. And congrats on that commitment to CSU and uh, the season that you had to turn up there. And I think that uh, ceiling-wise, Javion Smith-Combs has a lot of growth and you know potential ahead of him as well. Uh, look, Morgan Trebet, obviously PMC fam. And, uh, you know... This uh, Fossil Ridge squad, this is two years in a row where they've had some guys who've who've produced on that defensive line. Uh, you got Nathan Hallmark of last year and uh, you know Frerichs this year. So I think that that's, that may be something uh, that as Fossil Ridge continues to grow as a program and find more success, that may be something to monitor. But outside of that, I think that um, there's definitely time to... De- oh, and by the way, look, just want to reemphasize... Slash emphasize that on the interior of the defensive line, um, you know, we will be looking at those guys at another time as well. So just stay tuned for that. But Coach V, I know I'm excited. You're excited. The listeners are excited. For those who know, they already know. But please go ahead and introduce our number one edge rusher in the class of 2023. Yes. So the number one edge rusher out of Colorado in the class of 2023 is the four-star Oregon commit for now. Blake purchase out of Cherry Creek here. Uh, Look, I'm going to throw this out there. It might be controversial to some because there are, you know, some other talented four-star guys in this state. But I think Blake purchase is the best football player in the state period, regardless of levels right now. Um, and he's going to be leaving because he's going to be graduating and whatnot, leaving with three, well, four really state titles, which is absolutely insane. I mean, I guess Chase Brackney is also leaving with four state titles as well, but Blake Purchase is going to be leaving with four state titles. He is the best football player in Colorado. Um, I don't only think that, but some other people do. I'm not going to name drop them now, but just throwing that out there. Look, this kid is a beast. 
I'm just going to spoil it, but he is the new highest rated player in PMC history, at least as of right now when we are doing this. Uh, the first year we didn't have grades, and so we'll probably go back and regrade that, uh, which is very ironic because uh, this is the first time that two brothers have become number one on our top five list. His brother, Miles Purchase, was our number one corner back a couple years ago when we first started as well. And so this is huge. Also, this is the second time that you have two edge rushers, two defensive linemen from Cherry Creek taking one and two a couple years ago with Arden Walker and Malik. Uh, we had two of those uh, Cherry Creek guys at the top. So this is just showing off how dominant cherry creek is to be honest with you but let's go ahead and go down the line evaluate him here real quick uh like i said overall grade uh is at an 88.1 for me here he's the highest rated player that we've done so far that i've done so far here um speed and finesse moves 9.3 tackling 8.8 .8, run stopping 9 power rushing 8.5 release first step is a 9 agility footwork felt good about this 9.4 hip power 8.7 strength 8.6 Pass coverage, 8.3. Size and frame, a solid 8.5 for an overall grade of 88.1. By the way, he is listed at 6'3", 240. Probably a little bit closer to 6'2", 240. I've, I've seen that half uh, mark there uh, on and off, you know. But let's just say 6'3", 240 here. Uh, and he's an absolute beast. His highest grades here, and there are a lot of high grades here is his 9.3 for speed and finesse moves and 9.4 for agility and footwork. This is a fast linebacker. He is extremely fast. There is no running back on this level, I feel like, uh, that could have beat him to the outside because he is that fast. He outruns some of those dudes for sure. You know, a lot of those dudes, I'd probably say 90% of them. Uh, you watch him against that four-star uh, Gavin Salchuk last year, and he shut him down straight up. You know, he couldn't get around him straight up. That's how it was. And so that's where that agility and footwork comes in. Also, that speed and finesse. I mean, coming off this edge here, and this year specifically, his senior year, I feel like they really asked him to just pass rush, you know, like, hey, don't worry about dropping back in coverage and stuff like that, even though they did last year in the past couple years. This year, it was more like, hey, just let loose. Go get the quarterback, you know, and that's what he did, and there was not a single lineman that could stop him, you know, uh, and there were many teams that tried to scheme for him, that tried to chip him and double-team him, you know, and he just continuously beat them over and over again, whether it's one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. If it's one-on-one, -on -one, it might as well be unblocked, almost, to be honest with you. So there you go. That didn't really work out a lot. Even if he was double-teamed, he was still screaming off that edge. Triple-teamed, uh, double-teamed, and chipped. I mean, he was unstoppable off that edge. He's just so fast. That first step is truly elite. Uh, he's at a nine there, by the way. You know, and just coming off that edge, he really holds it down with his speed and agility. But also, he's pretty strong, too. He has some uh, power and strength to him. He has a nice blend, I would say. And he carries it well at his 240-pound frame. Um, putting on more weight this year compared to the last couple years, obviously. Which I feel like was probably a big uh, concern, like, going into this year. Like, okay, you know, he's heavier is he going to still have that athleticism? The answer is a resounding yes. He has a lot of that and more. And I think there's even some room to grow still 
there. So there you go. Um, so that's his strengths there. I mean, he's strong in a lot of things, but I think that really makes his brand of football. He's a fast linebacker who is really hard to guard um, coming off that edge. So there you go. That was the lowest grades. I gave him an 8.5 in power rushing, 8.3 in pass coverage. These aren't really weaknesses, to be honest with you. It's just things that, you know, he doesn't do as much. With power rushing, he definitely has a bag of power of well, pass rushing moves that do include some power moves here as well. Uh, is it really his go-to? Not really. I mean, he could probably do a better job getting leverage on a more consistent basis when he does choose to power rush, which, like I said, is more of a secondary tool thing than a primary tool when considering what power or what pass rushing moves he wants to use in those situations, which is fine, you know. I think that's just something that's going to have to get more developed here, and he will develop as he gets heavier, as he gets stronger. Uh, pass coverage this year, like I said, he was asked to pass rush, you know, he wasn't really asked to drop back and do too much of that, uh, but if you look at past year's film, looking at last year specifically, there were plenty of times they dropped him in a zone, and they were very comfortable doing that, and mixing up the coverage, and he showed that he could be a very good cover linebacker as well and so on the next level if he wants to be a 4-3 outside linebacker or whatever I think he could do it you know just as much as he could be a 3-4 outside linebacker so gotta love the versatility versatility there he has good hands you know and once he gets the ball in his hands I mean he is first off tough to bring down but like I said he's fast as well so you also have the threat of him housing it which I feel like is a very valid uh fear to have if you're an offensive coordinator honestly and so this is a guy that could drop back into coverage just didn't see it as much this year you know and also just throwing this out there didn't really see him in man-to-man coverage a whole lot even though I'm sure he could do it as well so that's a little bit of a, you know, that's that's a little bit of a knock here. Just a little bit, not not a whole much. He still has an 8.3, still rated as good as a 3-star, uh, but with the potential to do more, though. So there you go. Altogether, Blake Purchase, he is a generational talent. He's a great athlete here, um, maybe even better than his, uh, you know, older brother, but... We'll see. You know, we'll definitely see. Regardless, he belongs on the Power 5 level. And this is a guy that could do it all for you. And he is every defensive coordinator's dream. Just being honest there. Cody, is that fair to say? And what do you think about Blake Purchase? Well, good thing Blake is really good at a lot of different things. Because, man, you almost took everything. But uh, no, Blake is the highest graded prospect that we have taken a look at so far. And I think that it shows in a variety of ways here. I mean, look, I he has nines in three categories for me. And then he's knocking on that nine, you know, in, let's see, two, three, four, five other categories. So, you know, he is just a very solid overall player. And, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and go through my rankings here real quick and uh, then go through my summary and highlights. So, speed finesse moves, 9.2. Tackling, 8.9. Run stopping, 8.9. Power rushing, 8.8. Release slash first step, 9. Agility slash footwork, 9.4. Hit power, 8.9. Strength, 8.9. Pass coverage, 8.6. Size slash frame, 
8.5, making his lowest categories pass coverage and size slash frame. But even his pass coverage, I think, is pretty comparable to a three-star. It's the highest rating on this list, and he's a true edge versus, you know, the next highest guy did play a lot more linebacker and did have a lot more film. But, I mean, look, you look at his junior year and everything that he was able to do, going into hook zones, buzzing the flat, occasionally following fullbacks or running backs and breaking up passes and flats against tight ends. Like, he really was a force in the pass game and somebody that you had to avoid. You know, in his three years of, you know, high school football, he does have three interceptions as an edge player. He does have, you know... 16 pass deflections, seven from his junior year, and still eight from this year because I factor in batting passes at the line. And, you know, that is something that he does. He has an excellent, excellent vertical here. I really think he's closer to 6'4 than 6'3, personally, um, up close and then just watching from a distance as well. And look, all these things, and this is still his second lowest category for me. This is his second lowest category is pass coverage, and all I did just now was rave about it because, I mean, look, I can't give him an... I don't want him to line up against, like, a slot receiver or, like, play a deep zone, but for what an edge rusher is asked to do, he's dang near perfect at it and does a fantastic job. He has great awareness, absurd athleticism, and reach and wingspan and verticality to just make his area of impact, his physical space of impact, so large. And... Yeah, I, I, I'm just blown away at Blake Purgis here. You know, 6'3", 240, honestly, size frame. I think it's solid. Um, he could get bigger, I guess, um, as long as he's not losing a ton of speed or maybe still has, like, an inch to grow or something there. Um, but really, I mean, it's a solid frame. Doesn't leave me too much to complain about. So then climbing up here, you know, 8.8 .8 in power rushing. Look, before Saturday's game... I want to say that I was probably in the same ballpark as Coach V with like an 8.5, 8.6. But then he put a lineman who, I mean, granted, this lineman, to be fair, is a bit on the younger side. I don't want to throw them under the bus here. But this lineman does have offers to Penn State as well as CU. And Blake just shoved him, just trucked him, went over him, and then rocked the quarterback and forced a fumble that set up Cherry Creek's first points of the game. That's just, and that's not really his bag. His bag is not power rushing. He's not a bull rush kind of guy all the time. But knowing that he still has it and he still has that, man, he, he's a 9 in strength. I ain't even going to play. He's a 9 in strength instead of an 8.9. And uh, yeah, he has those capabilities to do those things. So, you know, and then hit power. He's somebody who's absolutely oh, just blasted a handful of quarterbacks as well as tailbacks in the backfield. You know, it's still at an 8.9. It's not like he's constantly sending people to the infirmary or anything like that, but he is just such a sound tackler at that 8.9. He's a strong dude at that 9 strength, and you combine those together, and he puts together hits where he does tackle through people pretty constantly. Is it is his hit power something that he could probably work on making more consistent? Yeah, probably. But consistency is the difference between this being an 8.9 and probably like a 9.3 because the ceiling on this hit power is very, very high with that frame, with that technique, with that strength. Continuing to try and climb up this list here that's taken me maybe a while. But, you know, run stopping wise, he does a great job of standing up his, you know, opposing linemen, making reads, 
and looking into the backfield. He's especially dangerous because, you know, one aspect of his run stopping is that runs don't go to him. He is getting triple teamed in the run game in the state championship game. He is getting ran away from in the state championship game because as Coach V said earlier, speed-wise, you're just not going to beat him to the edge. And then on top of that, he does a great job of, you know, squaring up. And when a quarterback's running a read option, they're not going to run Blake Purchase's way. Are you absurd? And he also gets enough pressure to force the issue on the read option and can tackle the running back on read option plays. He can, you know, if the quarterback gets, you know, frantic and tries to pull themselves, they are in for a nightmare level hit for Blake Purchase. So, you know, his run stopping conventionally is very, very solid and top notch. But, you know, his run stopping when it comes to, you know, the read option, more that modern level is really good. And then you throw in the fact that he can jump if it's an RPO and bat passes into the air and get deflections that turn into interceptions. That just makes him a, you know, almost like a three-level dangerous player here. Um, already kind of talked about his tackling at that 8.9. Tackles through. Does a great job of wrapping up. He absolutely pins quarterbacks' arms to their sides there. Setting it up for, you know, punching the ball out. But on top of that, when he does tackle, he does a great job of getting a hand on the ball. He's able to make great strips. And, uh, yeah, it's just a force in, in the backfield. And I haven't even gotten to the parts that I really, really like here. Look, release slash first step. I have that at a nine. He has a fantastic first step here. Um, look, I'd say the only thing is maybe I, even then he times the snap really well. He can get a little ambitious and get drawn off sides very rarely. But you know, if my, if my edge rusher gets called for offsides once or twice in a game, but he has like six hurries and, you know, gets a few sacks and forces turnovers. That's something I can live with. And Blake Purchase does exactly that. Uh, so, you know, that first step is very, very lethal, very, very fast. Very few, if any, tackles in this state have combated it or can combat it. And I think that's, you know, that means a lot for Blake because he's constantly going against very high-level, high-caliber tackles just you know, like we talked about in the Chase Brackney segment, same thing applies here in that Centennial League as well as, you know, in that state championship over the past few years, getting to go against some very, very solid offensive tackles. Further on with that, uh, speed slash finesse moves. Look, he has the whole bag. He has a sweet spin move. He has a very pretty swim move. He has a, you know, horrifying rip move. He really has it all, and footwork-wise, he can make linemen dance as well, where he can give them, you know, jabs to the inside, go outside, get to the quarterback that way, jab outside, spin, cut, dip, rip, inside, and, you know, get to the running back that way. And it's applicable in every sense of the word. And as Coach V stressed over and over and over again, he is just so freaking fast, it's a nightmare to try and keep up with him. So, you know, I think that, um, I, I, I just think that that is something worth noting. And, uh, you know, I, I would be interested to know what exactly his 40 yard dash time is, but I know it would blow you away for somebody who's, you know, 6'3, 240 pounds, and maybe even 6'4, 240 pounds, honestly. He's huge. Um, but, you know, he's somebody who can chase running backs down from across the field. 
you know, he takes good angles as well. Uh, because, you know, they're not running to his side of the field because you're never going to beat him to the sideline. Uh, double, triple team, what have you. He's going to get there and he's going to force that issue back inside. And then following that, you know, at the number one rated category for myself here. And, you know, echoing Coach V's number one category as well is that agility slash footwork. He's just a fantastic athlete. Um, not only does he do a lot of these little things right, does he have good technique, does he have good footwork and whatnot, um, but, you know, agility-wise, there's nothing that he really can't do. He's really good at opening up his hips. He's really good at shifting. He works very, very well laterally, and I think that's evidenced in, you know, his pass coverage a little bit. And, I mean, all in all, Purchase has the entire package here. His spin moves and footwork combined with agility makes him an unblockable force who has time who has time and time again beat top recruits in the state in pass rush and run defend. His tackling is pristine and he can drop the hammer on people. You know, he showed his junior year that he could do more than enough in the passing game, both in zone and batting passes with an incredible, you know, vertical and anticipation of the pass. And you know, as far as improvements go, it's kind of nitpicky, but getting a hair stronger and developing a more consistent bull rush is kind of all I got for him. And you add all this up, you have, like Coach V said, spoiler alert, our number one prospect here. I landed at an 89.2. Coach V landed at an 88.1 for an 88.65 rating of Blake Purchase here. And, uh, you know, that's us even being a little bit hard on him. Uh, because according to 247 Sports Composite, he is a 95.7, uh, as in 9057, that is. But, you know, Blake Purchase here, absolutely incredible athlete. Very, very few things that he could really work on. But, uh, you know, very, very talented player and a very highly recruited player here. Coach V, can I just talk about all of the schools that he had offers to before we talk a little bit more in depth about uh you know his current commitment as of december 8th 2022 yeah go for it we know what it's gonna come down to but go ahead and list all the schools that offered him obviously use a four-star guy so yeah yeah the list is quite extensive but you know i like reading through stuff like this because coloradans can ball and all of these schools recognized it starting with washington state usc unlv texas tech U of T, ooh, Oregon State, OU, gosh, dang it, both of our, uh, both of our uh, rooting for schools here swung and missed, which is uh, a bit tough, but I digress, Notre Dame, Nebraska, Marshall, Kansas, poor Logan Brantley couldn't uh, quite make that sell, CSU, CU, Arizona State, Washington, Iowa State, where his older brother Miles is, Cal, and Coach V, where currently is uh Blake Purchase heading or at least has committed to I think I already said this but he is currently committed to the University of Oregon here uh as of December 8th 2022 but you know I think we gotta talk about it there we really don't get a lot of opportunities to talk about news that happened on the collegiate level uh, at least while it happens, unfortunately, which really sucks. And so I'd really like to take the opportunity to speculate a little bit now, because until he signs those papers, you know, we'll see. 
but obviously um, he is committed to Oregon, right? Which is, you know, that's good. Oregon right now, just looking at their recruiting class as of the 8th, and this isn't including, um, it's not including transfers. This is just guys from high school. They don't have another edge rusher like Blake Purchase coming. Uh, they have a lot of defensive linemen. These guys are like most definitely uh, defensive tackles, though. I'm just looking at them. Uh, Terrence Green out of Cywood. Shout out Cypress, Texas. Uh, Mari Washington out of Chandler. That's a team that Cherry Creek actually played last year. You know, uh, Johnny Bowens out of Judson. Ugh, Converse, Texas. Sorry. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that. That sounds really disrespectful, but, you know, just my Texas bias there. Uh, so they don't really have an edge rusher that is on his level. Now, the next closest guy uh, is this to it. Oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher it. He's a three-star out of Eugene, Oregon from Sheldon High School. So he's a hometown guy. That's the next closest guy to Blake Purchase. But uh, as of right now, they don't have a guy like Blake Purchase in this recruiting class. Now, on the roster and whatnot, I'm sure they got dudes, you know, who could do some of those things. Uh, because it is Oregon. It is the University of Oregon. They're a premier program, in my opinion, you know. Uh, and so, they're going to just get guys like that. And so, we'll see what that playing time's looking like. Now, I do have uh, Colorado's recruiting class pulled up. And this class is definitely going to change because already, as of right now, reports are coming out about uh, the CU coaching staff pulling offers. And uh, even if guys are committed, they are pulling that. And that is happening on a very consistent basis, it sounds like. And so we'll see if this stands right now. But as of right now, they don't have any three stars or sorry, any four stars committed to the school. Um, and as far as transfers and whatnot, obviously you have Shadur Sanders, probably Travis Hunter as well. Both were four-star and five-stars in their own classes, but that hasn't been official yet um, because, you know, they I'm sure they just haven't went through all that yet. But they are coming, I'm, I'm assuming. And so as of right now, you know, Blake Purchase is committed to Oregon, but with uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders coming to CU, I want to say there's at least a door open to Blake potentially coming to see you and flipping uh, when it comes time to truly commit and sign those papers. Cody, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, let's just be honest. Does Colorado have a guy like Blake Purchase on the roster or even in the recruiting class right now, in your opinion? No, and I just don't think that there's a lot of guys like Blake Purchase, you know, just in general. Um, he's one of the most dominant players in the country. He's a four-star for a reason. And, yeah, I just think that, you know, with with the changes at CU, and I'm pretty sure that he was even quoted as saying, like, hey, um, there is a chance that, um, you know, there's a chance that I, I'd be considering if, if Dion came. And Dion is here. You know, he's in Boulder, he's at Folsom, and, uh, you know, Blake Purchase is, is here as well. So, you know, I think that's something interesting. And, you know, I mean, look, as far as, quote, linebacker, um, that's that's what he's listed at here. He's ranked 32nd in the nation. And so I think that that is a Coach Prime eligible level guy uh, as far as recruits go. And he said we're bringing in four or five star recruits, Coach, Coach Prime that is. And what do you know, Blake Purchase... He's a four-star guy, isn't he, Simon? 
So I, I'd say that that, uh, that match seems like a pretty easy one to make. So, yes, it, it, it is. I mean, he's in your own backyard, right? Uh, with coach prime coming to Colorado, I'm just going to be honest. I don't expect him to recruit the entire state, but I expect him to keep the top talents here though. You know, I'm just going to be real with you. And Blake Purchase is one of those guys. And I do have the top edge rushers in this 2023 class pulled up right now. And so pretty much all the top guys, uh, Blake Purchase included, are committed. That's verbally, that is. Uh, you do have a couple exceptions here. Uh, the top guy, Keon Keeley, he's a five-star. It has him leaning towards Bama. Unless Coach Prime pulls him, and he lives in Tampa, Florida, by the way, uh, then I don't know if you're going to get too many guys like him. You also have Mateo, Mateo Uyangale, who's DJ Uyangale, the uh, former Clemson quarterback now. He's in the transfer portal, but he's his brother. Uh, he's an edge rusher at 6'5", 265. Both of those guys are five stars. They're uncommitted as of right now. And so unless he pulls one of those guys and does not need a Blake purchase, you know, then I don't see any reason why you don't try, you know, because uh, you got to think about it this way. You're going to have to play against him uh, in the Pac-12. That's just what it's going to have to come down to because um, I don't think Oregon is a part of that deal with USC and UCLA to go to the Big Ten here in a couple years. Um, yeah, I don't think so. So you got, it's going to be a battle of the two big dogs here in the Pac-12, uh, assuming it stays together here and whatnot. And it's going to be CU in Oregon. Do you want to see him line up against uh, your guys? The answer is no. You know, and so like I said, unless you could get one of these five stars then I think the easy thing to do is to go ahead and offer Blake Purchase, go talk to him. There are a couple other four stars that are slightly ranked above him, at least according to 24-7 Sports, that are not committed. But, you know, they live in Alabama and whatnot. Blake is here in your own backyard. So there really is no excuse to at least make a run for it. Uh, so, Well, and and he's played in Colorado, and he's used to the elevation. There are plenty of athletes from coast to coast that are going to have to, you know, maybe make that adaptation. But as far as guys who are fast and have a motor and the endurance to keep that motor up, Purchase has got to be near the top of that list um, with the elevation considered as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, he's a perfect fit for Colorado. On top of that, I'm just going to throw this out there. I know he is listed as an edge rusher, but I wouldn't be mad literally playing him at any of the other linebacker spots because I think if given the time he could adjust to it and do it because that's how much of a natural athlete he is he has a lot of skills that he's bringing to the table that matches the athleticism and so you know if you have an edge rusher that's fine you could still put Blake at middle linebacker and he's gonna he's still gonna pop someone he's still gonna get picks you know he's still gonna pass rush you know when you ask him to like that's you can move him around uh, is that fair to say, Cody? Uh, I'm. I feel like I'm not overreaching by saying well, that. I, I prefer him at edge, but I won't disagree that he's such a great athlete and he's so smart of a player that you can play him in other spots. I won't deny that. No, for sure. It's just an argument to keep him here, you know. And on top of that, I mean, you still got a message to send to the state of Colorado. It's cool. That you're Coach Prime, that you're coming here and you're doing all that stuff. But unless you could flip a guy like Blake Purchase, 
then it's like, all right, great. Well, then all the top prospects are going to go to other teams of the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 does recruit Colorado heavily when they choose to. And you're going to compete against those guys, you know, and you're going to have to live with that. And that's fine, you know, but he's a literal four star. He's literally one of the best in the country. Are you going to get someone like that out of the transfer portal? Um, maybe, maybe, you know, or are you going to trust your recruiting instincts and go to Tampa and, and recruit Keon Keeley or go to California, which is doable, I guess, and recruit a Mateo Uyangale? I don't know. We'll see. But Blake Purchase, he's interested in CU, which is step one, <laughs> which is a big one because there's not there's still a lot of you know prospects out there that are looking at CU and they're like, uh, you know, the idea is great, but are they gonna? St- there's still the you know there's still the question of are you gonna be successful, Coach Prime? Are you gonna win games here? Because you could talk and that's great, but you know it comes down to winning. That's what it comes down to. So. We'll see, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. Cody, you agree that it's important that he flips Blake Purchase, though, right? To at least make a point. Absolutely. Colorado has been losing their top prospects for quite some time now. And, uh, you know, I think that being able to flip a guy like Blake Purchase, that is, it's not just a, I mean, how, how should I say? It's not just you know, about Blake Purchase per se. It's about more than that. It's about, you know, last year, I mean, I, well, I, this is probably a bad example because I wouldn't have recruited uh, Sawchuck myself, um, but it's it's guys like Sawchuck leaving state. It's guys like George Fitzpatrick. I think that that's, that's an even better example. You know, that four-star tackle out of Creek going to Ohio State, and you're not, you haven't been able to maintain that in here. You know, it's it's stuff like that. It's, you know, four-star guy like Terrence Ferguson going to Oregon, and he's been balling out over there too. Whereas, you know, maybe if a Coach Prime was here, we could have kept him here in Colorado. But we just don't know that, and it's not something that we've been used to. I mean, look, even going back to 2020, I don't know the last time that the top prospect in Colorado stayed in Colorado. I'm literally looking right now, and it has not happened in quite some time. So, you know, when is it going to flip? Does it start this year? Does it start in your first year? Do you send a message to the rest of the Pac-12 and, you know, to the Big Ten and everyone like, hey, Colorado is here to recruit, or is it going to be the same old, same old? So, yes. So, we'll see what happens, or he just commits to Oregon you know, signs those papers, and he's out there, you know, he's out to Eugene, Oregon, and, uh, you know, joining our boy Terrence Ferguson out there, which, (laughs) oh my god, could you imagine how insane it would be if they're in the Pac-12 championship someday, years from now, and you got a Blake Purchase and a Terrence Ferguson, both Colorado guys, making plays to win the back to win the Pac-12 against CU. Could you imagine the outrage there? Oh, my God. I'd be pretty heartbroken, not going to lie. And and I ain't even I ain't even rock with CU like that, honestly. But from a Colorado perspective, I would be PO'd for sure. I, well, I, I would not be heartbroken. <laughs> I You got to do better. That's just what it is, you know. 
Um, but also I don't have ties like you do to Colorado like that. So yeah, but with that being said, I mean, Hey, Blake purchase easily number one here, generational talent as of right now, the highest rated uh, prospect we've evaluated his teammate. I don't think this is a spoiler. Logan Brantley was pretty high up there as well. Uh, now the second highest player. So there you go. Uh, right. I, I'm pretty sure by a point, right, Cody? Because I think he was at an 87. Yeah, just yeah, about. So there you go. Check out that safeties episode because it should drop before this. But one more time, just talking about this top five here. <sighs> top five edge rushers, seniors here in this class of 2023. We have Hayden Moore out of Regis Jesuit committed to Nebraska. At number four, we have Tell Wade out of Ray committed to Wyoming. At number three, we have Caden Shouse out of Thunder Ridge, uh, not committed as of right now, which is uh, December 8th, 2022. So we'll see what happens there. And then at number two, we have Chase Brackney out of Cherry Creek, committed to Iowa. And at number one, your number one edge rusher and the best football player in the state of Colorado is Blake Purchase here. Currently, as of the 8th, committed to Oregon as of December 8th sorry 2022 committed to Oregon so there you go this was an extremely talented group here uh very graded close together I would say you know a lot of these guys uh are you know well all of them are talented obviously but a lot of them have skill sets that are similar to each other and so some of these grades were really close and we really had to go in here together because usually we do our research separately then come back together but we had to do that and then come back again together to really evaluate these guys together and um trim what we had to trim there as far as grades go for our pmc grades and our personal grades as well so a lot of work was put into this one um honestly the only sure thing that we knew was that blake purchase was at number one and chase brackney was at number two right cody yes so there you go do you have anything else to say before uh I close it up here. No, I think it was just an absolute pleasure to break down all of these players' films, both on and off the list. And, uh, you know, this was just a really fun group of edge rushers. We've been pretty blessed uh, edge rusher-wise here. You know, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to going back and taking a look at Arden Walker's film and then, you know, watching Malik's film from more of probably an interior defensive lineman standpoint. Because uh, we hadn't yet separated those categories at that time. So, you know, I think that that'll be very interesting to dive back and compare the legacy of all these great Creek, you know, edge rushers slash defensive linemen in general. And, uh, you know, last year was a pretty fun class. Uh, one that had a ton of, you know, um, pressures, you know, and great pass rushers in that class, obviously. But, uh, you know, this one with headlined by uh, two Creek guys for the second time in our podcast history, really stole the cake here as far as just high-level talent. Yes, no, absolutely. So, boom, there you go there. Uh, hey, we are going to continue this series with other positions. As of right now, we have done safeties, inside linebackers, uh, and tight ends. 
those are the episodes that have released as of right now, assuming we're going in chronological order here. Uh, so just keep that in mind. And so moving forward, we have the rest of these positions. We have uh, the whole offensive line. We're separating interior and offensive tackles, just like we did last year. So there you go. We have quarterbacks. We have running backs, receivers, uh, cornerbacks. Not to be confused with quarterbacks and i believe that's it we're not gonna rank kickers and punters um sorry <laughs> i know cody is not heartbroken over it but uh i know some of oh, our viewers stop throwing me under the bus i know some of our viewers uh, are a little heartbroken that we won't be evaluating next level kickers and punters so that's okay but you know check out our all playmaker episodes for those of you want to know the best kickers and punters in the entire state and if you want to figure out um, those episodes you can follow us and subscribe to us and check it out anywhere you can listen to podcasts spotify apple podcast uh also on youtube as well i believe all of our episodes from this last season are there which is big time because we didn't do that the last couple uh the last well previous two seasons and so you could check it out on youtube as well if you want to find more content go ahead and subscribe to us on youtube like i said for youtube shorts where you could see some of those great highlights of these great players there uh and from other episodes uh on there as well and on tiktok at playmakers corner you can find us with some of those same shorts and tiktoks are being posted there as well and on top of that go ahead and show us some love on social media at playmakers corner that's facebook instagram twitter um where you could be up to date with when episodes are going to come out uh, and all of that great stuff. We'll be posting, I mean, I'm sure we'll be posting news about commitments from prospects from all over the state as we have been so far. Uh, we do that on Instagram quite a bit and also on Twitter. I would say more so on Twitter more than anything. So yeah, but go ahead and show some love there. Follow us, subscribe to know when the next episode is going to drop because we are going to drop more of these so, yeah. Cody, am I missing anything? Great work, Coach V. Thank you. Kickers, punters, I have no, no vendetta go. or grudge against you. <laughs> just just putting that out there. But I think that's a, that's a good conclusion, a good wrap-up. Uh, I've been one of your hosts for this episode, Cody Stoffer. And I'm your other co-host, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V., and I don't hold vendettas against all of those guys. But we'll see you next time regardless.